Good morning, church. Hey, thank you for being here today and uh, coming together as the family of God to worship here at Cross Point. It's always a pleasure to be with you on the first day of the week to celebrate uh, our risen Savior together. We want to say a special welcome to our guests that are here today. Thanks for joining us. Truly an honor you're here with us. And of course, our hope is if you're looking for a church home, man, we'd love for you to be a part of our church family, to join us in telling that story of hope that was talked about earlier, uh, to tell the world about the light and the peace and the happiness they can have in Jesus. Jesus Christ. So uh, we've decided to surrender our gift sets to God and say, God, use us in your story how you see fit. And so we ask you to join us in telling that story of hope wherever you may go. And we are looking to be a light on a hill here in Grand Prairie and beyond, and we want you to join us in that effort. Thanks for being here again uh, today. You know, uh, that video that we just saw, I was asked earlier this week, are we going to see that girl have her baby? I mean, what's going to happen here? It's a series of five videos. She's pregnant in every one, and of course, it has to do with the story of Christ. You'll just have to come next week and see, I guess. It'll be a a good time to be together. Um, But uh, I want to say, we're right in the middle of our series called The Gifts of Christmas, and we're going to look at several texts today, because we're talking about the gift of adoption Today And what does that mean for you and I as a gift from God to be adopted by him? My guess is we've got some here in our audience probably this morning who have experienced the reality of adoption. Maybe you adopted a child uh, early on in your life or maybe um, you were adopted and you've got some adoptive parents who have loved on you along the way. Uh, At any rate, we've all got folks that we've metaphorically adopted, right? Uh, Kids that were in the neighborhood that were at our house all the time. We just said, hey, you're one of mine. I'm going to treat you as such. Or, or maybe you had uh, a mentor in your life that you said, you know, you're kind of my a father figure, mother figure, grandfather, whatever it might have been. We've all experienced some level of adoption. Uh, next week, we'll finish up this series, of course, talking about the reason for the season, and that's Jesus. But I want you to look around right now. Take inventory of where you are sitting. Go ahead, look to your left and your right. Next week, you'll need to move into the middle of whatever row that you're on because we're going to have some guests here. They're going to be looking for a place to sit. Uh, We've got one service to be together, and so I want to encourage you when you come in, just go ahead and move to the middle of that row and make it easy for folks who are visiting with us, uh, our guest, next Sunday morning. This idea of adoption, though, we are going to look at what Paul says and John says about this idea of adoption. So if you have your Bibles with you, we'll be in Romans, but we'll be in the book of John first, the Gospel of John first. All of our texts that we'll look at will be on the screen, of course, and we'll be reading from the New Living Translation when we do get there. But you know, this idea of adoption is so relevant for us to really unpack, to take a look at what does it mean to be adopted into the family of God and kind of to set the tone for us. I've queued up a video clip that'll kind of help us maybe understand adoption a little bit better. Let's watch. It's from my husband and I know what it is. I know because he told me right after we were married that he told me what he was gonna get me on this Christmas. I guess I just never thought this Christmas would actually get here, so. See, I always knew that I was meant to be a mother and my husband was meant to be a dad. I just knew it, I was sure of it, till I wasn't. happened slowly at first. I I didn't notice it, but after a while, the um, 
cute little jokes that our friends made, I stopped being funny. And, well, the constant pep talks from our family reminding us that it just takes time. Well, it started to become more defeating than encouraging. It's actually a little frightening to think how many dark places my mind went to during those years. I mean, I thought, had I done something wrong? Was I being punished? I even convinced myself that somehow, some way, God had abandoned us in our pursuit of our dream of being parents. I thought, maybe if I prayed more or trusted more, believed more, then maybe. But after years of, of praying and trusting and believing, I had nothing to show for it. Nothing but a broken heart and a bunch of empty tissue boxes. Well, I, I, we eventually just learned to live with our broken hearts. I mean, it was just the way it was going to be. Till it wasn't. It was December 21st. I remember because I opened my advent calendar and there was an extra piece of chocolate in there. I love that. I love it when that happens, but that was not the best part. The best part was the scripture message that came with the chocolate. Mm. Isaiah 61.1 The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has chosen me. He has commissioned me to encourage the poor Help the brokenhearted. Oh. See, in this prophecy about the coming Messiah, God reassured me that not only had he not forgotten about us, but that he wanted to help us. Well, that little seed of hope found its way into my heart. And yes, God does have a strange way of doling out kids, but we soon realized that we didn't have to necessarily experience the miracle of childbirth. To experience the miracle of having a child. So, while my friends were off to Lamaze classes, we, we met with lawyers and social workers and notaries, and it took us a lot longer than nine months to become parents, but that little miracle, she was worth the wait. In my wildest dreams, I could never have imagined how God would orchestrate this for us. But he did it. He did it. You know, just the other day, God reminded me that he provided baby Jesus in a very strange way on that very first Christmas. He didn't come like everyone thought he was going to show up. He also reminded me that because of Jesus... I am his adopted child. And if he loves me as much as I love that little girl, well, I don't have to ever question his love for me again. Somebody have a tissue I could borrow. That's tough. 
You know, there's a moment in the video right before she picks up her child. It's three words. They, they were convinced as a couple that they were just not going to have a baby. They, they were never meant to be parents, she thought. And she says, we decided that's just the way it was going to be. But then she smiles and she says, but it wasn't. In our own lives, we, we tend to accept things the way they are at times, don't we? We, we look at the news and we look out our, our window at what's going on in the world. And we say, yep, that's the way it's going to be. Nothing we can do about it. That's just how it's going to happen. But then God leans in and he whispers, but it's not. You think, after the life that I've lived, after all the screw-ups that I've had in my life, after the joke of a life that I've lived, after what I have done, I'll never be a part of anyone's family, much less God's family. We think, that's it. It's over. I'm done. And God leans into our life and he says, but it's not. Jesus came when there was darkness in the world. I mean, can you imagine living in a time when the government said, it's time for you to get up, get out of your house, get in line, march, and get counted? I mean, imagine uh, a moment at the DMV that took weeks <laughs> to develop. That would be very defeating, wouldn't it? But, but in that story, it wasn't. I mean, in the middle of the misery and the stress of Luke 2, there was a pregnant girl, a a young woman, who knew what the story was truly all about, knew that things would be different. I mean, that's what this story is about this time of year. And honestly, any time of the year that we look at this story, that's what the story is all about. This season points to love. It points to the love that God has for you and for me. I mean, John says in this text in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1, he says, see how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children, and that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. John realizes and knows that we are God's children. It is the greatest gift that God could give to us in in our lives. Imagine for a moment, you and I are opening that gift. It sits on our lap and the paper is on the floor and we are smiling because we cannot believe this gift that we have from Almighty God. There's no way this could be for me. To, To be His child, to be His person. It calls forth from us deep joy as we look at how much God truly loves us. And because we know that we are part of God's family, Scripture says so, then that elicits for us an enthusiastic celebration, does it not, church? I mean, it is an exciting thing to know that we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. It brings within us an inner peace in this season and beyond, it creates within us a sense of belonging, a sense of security. There's someone 
who has got my back, someone who's watching out for me, someone who's going to love on me. And John begins telling us his story at the very front end of his gospel. As the word, as Jesus Christ begins his work in the world and begins to talk about the relational benefits that you and I have because God has made a decision to adopt us. He has incredible love for each and every one of us. We begin today in John chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. John reveals to us, in the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. And the one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world did not recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believe him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. Church, what a great story for us. What a great realization to to realize that, that as we sit in our chair, as the box is in our lap, as the paper is on the floor, we are overcome with the idea that we could possibly get this gift. How could this possibly happen to me? And John is pointing us all to the greatest gift that is called adoption. That we have been adopted by God. And Paul uses that idea of adoption all through the letters that he wrote in our New Testament. Adoption is that, that illustration that reminds us of the change of relational status within our own lives. Because now we are part of God's family. We are his kids. I remember distinctly, as a young man in early junior high, it's that moment in time in life when things are changing and your physical appearance is changing. And I sat at the table one night, I remember, I looked at my mom and dad, looked at my two brothers across the way, and I said, am I adopted? I wasn't sure because I didn't think I looked too much like my brothers in that moment. And I thought, my dad's a preacher. Maybe he had some compassion for me. and I wanted to know the truth. Of course, I was not adopted. But in God's family, we are all adopted. And we're adopted into love, and we're adopted into grace. We're adopted into the mercy that he has to pour upon us, as any father or mother would do, to their own birth child. Even in adoption, he loves us even so much more. The first time that we see Paul use this idea of adoption, what that might look like is in Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 14. Paul says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. 
So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we share in his glory, we must also share in his suffering. And we're reminded, as Paul speaks to us, that not only are we adopted of God, but that we are co-heirs of everything that God has to offer with his son, Jesus Christ. It means that we are bought into the family of God, and with that come all of the bells and whistles that go along with that adoption. Paul is reminding those followers in Rome in that particular letter that when a person becomes a follower of Jesus, that they are a recipient of the gift of adoption into the family of God. Not only does our status change as sons and daughters of the king, but we are rightful heirs fully with Christ in all that God has to offer the family of God. You see, where where there is God, where there is Jesus Christ, there is family. God has an adoption plan for you and I. And he leans into each one of us and he says, you feel unwanted, come to me and let me wrap my arms around you. I want you to be a part of who I am. I want to adopt you into my family. And God takes us all, warts and all, whatever we've got going on in our life, he says, it doesn't matter to me. I want you in my family. And he extends that to us because God is love. In Ephesians chapter 1, Paul reminds the church at Ephesus what it means to be adopted into that family. And in doing so, we read it 2,000 years later, some 2,000 years later, and we're reminded as well, what does it mean to be a part of the family of God? And Paul says, even before he made the world, and I want to stop there just a moment, church. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. If you've got your Bible open, circle it, put an asterisk by it. Understand, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. Isn't that a beautiful story for each and every one of us? That even before the creation of the world, God had this plan in motion. That all those who would come into contact with the Son's blood would be adopted into his family. And as we read through Paul's writing, this idea of adoption, no doubt Paul is using the current state of adoption within Roman law, which is not too different than our own law today. Roman law said, basically, if there was a child in in one family that another family wanted to adopt, Maybe mom and dad were killed somehow or some 
displacement happen. This family could adopt this child, and so the adoption takes place, meaning you leave one family, one event, and you come to yet another. In that process, you also realize that any debt that was incurred by the child in this family has now been canceled, made obsolete in this family. That you no longer answer to anyone in this family, but you answer only to the father of this family. That's Roman law. And beyond that, you also become an heir in this family as if you were a blood relative. You have equal share in the father's estate. You think about that in our own spiritual life. We once lived this life over here, but now we've been adopted by God. We no longer answer to what was happening over here. We answer to only this father, that the debt that we incurred over here is now obsolete. It's gone away. We're a part of this family. And we are the same as Jesus Christ as co-heirs for everything that God has for us in our family. You see, God loves those he adopts as his own. And in our day and age, many times, a father might want to adopt someone from a similar background to help them blend into the family a little bit better. But when God the Father adopts us, he absolutely changes our status. He gives us a new status, a better family name than the one that we may have had before. And we are indeed co-heirs with Christ. Paul also wrote a letter to the churches in the Galatia area A beautiful letter that reminds the churches there that, hey, there are Jews in your congregations, there are Gentiles in your congregations, but understand that nobody has a one-up on the other. It doesn't matter where you came from, what your socioeconomic stance is, what the skin color is, who you voted for in the election, who you root for on Sunday, it doesn't matter. You're all in the same exact family. You've been blessed by God, adopted by God, and Paul reminds us in chapter 4 of Galatians and verse 4. He says, But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now we are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you also his heir. Oh, church, what a beautiful gift we have this Christmas. And Paul basically explains the why and the when for Christmas. That God sent his son, born of a virgin, to redeem us and eventually to adopt us. When we receive the gift of adoption that came at that Christmas, we put our faith, our hope, our trust in Jesus Christ. He becomes our Lord and Savior, and it's at that moment that we truly have peace in our life, that we truly can lean into all that God has to offer for us, grace, mercy, love, forgiveness. The embrace of God is warm and wild. That is the nature and character of our Heavenly Father. He will never turn us away. There are moments where we look at our own parents and and we think of the words Heavenly Father, and sometimes we try to use the template of our 
earthly parents to look at what our Heavenly Father must be like, but we have to remember they're only human too. And so that would be a wrong template to use. Even the psalmist said in Psalm 27 and verse 10, Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. The idea that even when your mom and dad disappoint you here on earth, understand that our heavenly father is beyond that. He he won't do that. He loves us too much. You see, church, that is adoption language. When, When God says, come and sit at my table, partake of what I have to offer. I want to give you life and give it to you in abundance. Come enjoy the peace that is at my table. And there are moments when in our life we think that we are alone, that we think a a broken heart is a permanent thing, that we just accept where our hearts are. That's just the way it's going to be. And then God leans in and says, but it isn't. God says, come here and sit at my table. And when you hold hands with your family at different events, there's a moment when you gather around that table. All the chatter is going on and everyone finally settles in and the moment where all the chatter kind of dies down and you reach to grab the hand of someone next to you. There's a breath you take right before you take that hand. God is in that breath. And he says, this is my family. You see, that is the the heart of the Heavenly Father giving you a place to belong, a place to be, a peace that can only be experienced in God's family. The mother in the video that we watched earlier said she found in her Advent calendar a text, a scripture that said, God has chosen me. Church, we're reminded that God has chosen us. And he's chosen us to encourage the downhearted, to help the poor, to reach out and be everything that Jesus Christ was in his own ministry. It's what it means to be a child of God, that we adopt the character traits of the family of which we are a part. So perhaps, maybe, this Christmas season is the season that you will acknowledge that you have been adopted by the Most High God. And in doing so, it will change the way you think about Christmas, the way you think about those around you, about how you live life out. Perhaps this Christmas is the one where you will reach out and adopt someone who is in desperate need to bring them into your home and make them a part of your family. It's possible. Perhaps this year you'll find your family, you and your family, maybe at a homeless shelter, reaching out to men and women who have no home to say, this is what Jesus Christ would do. I want to be a part of that family. I want to extend the joy and the peace that I have in my adoption to those around me. Maybe it's at a senior center. Whatever it may be, maybe this year is the year that you and your family will reach out and do something different in the holiday season. Perhaps this is the year that, that, that you adopt someone at this church or maybe in your neighborhood, someone you know that is alone and by themselves, a, a grandmother, a grandfather, someone that doesn't have anyone to lean into. And maybe this is the year that you invite them to your dinner table 
to say, I, I want you to feel the love and the peace that I have because I've been adopted. And figuratively speaking, we're adopting you this holiday season. Perhaps this is the Christmas season where you and your family, maybe partially or fully, help fund someone that is in dire need of knowing the love that God wants to extend through you. All, of, all 40 of our deaf children at, at our uh, Kenyan location have been adopted by you and blessings to you that did that and made that happen. Continue to pray for them and don't wait to just Christmas to send them something. But maybe for some of us, we didn't get to participate in that. Maybe for some of us, that's just not enough. And so I want to encourage you, take a look at the website for Compassion International. For a small amount of money, you can, again, adopt one of those kids in a third world country to help them with medicine and schooling and clothing, to help them understand and feel the warmth and the peace that you have because you've been adopted. And now I want to pass that on to those around me. Perhaps this is the Christmas that you change a young child's life somewhere. So, how will you celebrate Christmas this year? How will you unpack the gift of adoption that God has given each and every one of us? What's going to happen in your life with your family for you to celebrate the idea that you and I have in our lap, the, the, the one gift that we thought we could never have. It's, it's too expensive. It's too much. There's no possible way that someone could bring me this gift. And yet you and I look at the story of Jesus Christ it is coming to this earth, walking among us, Emmanuel, God with skin on, God with us, to realize how very much God loves you. He wants to adopt you. And it doesn't matter where you've been, what you've been doing, what you're up to, who you think you are, because God leans into each one of our stories and he says, but it isn't. You are my child. How many of us want to celebrate this holiday season like we were co-heirs with Christ? I want to invite Brad and the praise team back to the stage at this time. And our shepherds and their wives will be gathered along the wall of this room as we sing this song. But my hope is this morning that, that you will consider where you're at in the story of Christ. That you will consider and truly grasp the idea that you've been adopted by God. That's the best gift any one of us could ever hope for. My hope is that you'll feel his love in your life. You'll feel the peace that he has to offer. That his adoptive, redemptive nature will flow forth even out of your life to those around you this holiday season. Let's stand and sing together.